0: It's Tuesday, September 10th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. White House National Security Advisor John Bolton is turning on his out of office for good. We'll tell you what we know so far and what it means big picture for US foreign policy. Then, voters in North Carolina's 9th Congressional District are having major deja vu today, after election officials called for a do-over of the 2018 election. And finally, if you missed Apple's big announcement this afternoon, we skimmed it for you. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Carrie Uma. The most complicated story today is about White House National Security Advisor John Bolton. Well former White House national security advisor. President Trump tweeted this morning that he told Bolton last night that, quote, his services are no longer needed at the White House. Bolton is telling reporters that he resigned. Regardless, he's not coming back to work tomorrow. And this is Trump's third national security advisor since taking office. So we're gonna give you some context here, the background on Bolton, what he's been working on at the White House, and what happens next. Let's get into it, starting with, Who is John Bolton? If the name's not ringing a bell, you'd probably recognize him as the Trump administration official with the solidly white mustache. Bolton was appointed National Security Advisor in April 2018. That job involves chairing a lot of meetings with military and security officials, helping to plan the president's foreign trips, and essentially offering the president direct advice on how to respond to national security issues. This was not Bolton's first foray into White House politics. He was the U.N. ambassador under George W. Bush. And since then, he's made a name for himself as kind of a war hawk. He advocated for the war in Iraq and took aggressive positions on U.S. policy on North Korea, Afghanistan, and Iran. Bolton famously wrote this op-ed in 2015, saying that rather than sign the Iran nuclear deal to limit the country's nuclear program, the U.S. should bomb Iran instead. More recently, though, he's made a new name for himself as guy who goes on Fox News a lot. Vladimir Putin looked Donald Trump directly in the eye and lied to him. The United States is on to Iran's game. The Paris Accord is a self-licking ice cream cone. So that's what Bolton was up to when Trump picked him to be his new national security advisor — to replace General H.R. McMaster. McMaster was appointed after Trump's first pick, Michael Flynn, was pushed out just a few weeks into Trump's term. Flynn was accused of misleading Trump administration officials about his contacts with Russia. He's since pleaded guilty for lying to the FBI and is facing potential prison time over it. Bolton's held the office for a bit longer than Flynn did, just over a year. But his time at the White House started with a bang. Just a month after Bolton joined the administration, President Trump withdrew the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal, the deal Bolton hated. Another deal Bolton wanted the U.S. out of was the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty, or INF. Bolton didn't like the 1987 arms control deal between the U.S. and Soviet Union, which led to both countries reducing their nuclear programs. And Bolton got his way when Trump withdrew from the INF deal this summer and started testing missiles that the treaty used to ban. This year, Bolton also helped lead the U.S. strategy to pressure Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro out of office. Bolton claimed Maduro was at the end of his rope and that tough U.S. sanctions would end his socialist regime. Reportedly, Bolton even suggested the U.S. use its military to force Maduro out. Even though Maduro is still in power, those U.S. sanctions Bolton supported are still in place today. Bolton may have left his mark on current U.S. foreign policy, but pretty soon after starting work, signs began to emerge that there was drama between Bolton and America's top diplomat, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Some foreign policy experts wondered whether Bolton and Pompeo could coexist at all, given that there's so much overlap now between the National Security Advisor's purview and the Secretary of State's. Essentially, these two jobs were in conflict from the start. Months after he was named National Security Advisor, Bolton was reportedly shut out of a big meeting between Trump, Pompeo, and a delegation of North Korean officials when they were planning that historic summit with Kim Jong-un in Singapore. Before taking the job, Bolton had called for preemptive strikes on North Korea. So that might have been why Bolton wasn't included at that meeting with North Korean officials. Then, just a few days ago, they reportedly clashed again over Afghanistan. Last weekend, Trump canceled a summit with Taliban leaders that was scheduled to take place at the presidential vacation home called Camp David. The plan was to finalize this big peace deal that could lead to the partial withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, something Trump campaigned on. Pompeo was reportedly a big fan of the deal, but Bolton didn't even want the U.S. talking to the Taliban. That all happened this weekend, and today, Bolton's out, and Pompeo is still in. But to be very clear, as of now, the exact circumstances that led to his departure today are still TBD. So what's the skim? John Bolton was sent packing from the White House today. Or at least, he's gone. And he's leaving behind a job opening for one of the most important positions in Washington. Trump will probably pick another national security advisor. That'd be his fourth. He tweeted that the announcement will come next week. The job is a really important one for modern presidents, since gathering up information about the threats facing America and then relaying all of that to the president, it's not just a hobby. We don't know who's up next for the gig, but today we got a small glimpse at what the White House looks like sans Bolton. Less than two hours after Trump tweeted that Bolton was out, Pompeo gave a press conference. It was planned before Bolton left his job. But Pompeo was asked about one of Bolton's big pet peeves direct talks with Iran. Can you foresee a meeting between President Trump and the Iranian leader later this month surrounding the United Nations? Sure. Would the president support that and do you support that action? The president's made it very clear he's prepared to meet with no preconditions. Coming up, it's election day, at least in North Carolina. But lots of people outside the state are paying attention too. We'll tell you why after the break. Looking for a great new sneaker? Meet Cariuma. This Brazilian sneaker brand handcrafts each pair in ethical factories that use only natural materials. Fair trade cotton, leather, or suede. Cariuma's high and low top styles come with that perfect broken-in fit that you can wear all day. And Skim This listeners can get an exclusive 15% off your first pair of Cariuma shoes. Go to cariuma.com skimthis to get 15% off. That's C-A-R-I-U-M-A dot slash skim this for 15% off today. Today, voters in North Carolina's 9th Congressional District are heading to the polls to settle the last race of the 2018 election. Yes, you heard that right. We're still trying to figure out who represents those North Carolina voters in Congress 10 months after the election. So why is that? Okay. So last November, the Republican candidate in that district, Mark Harris, won the race by less than a 1,000 votes. But state officials noticed something fishy about the absentee ballots submitted in that race. In one county, 61% of the absentee ballots went for the Republican candidate, Mark Harris, even though only 19% of absentee ballots accepted by the county came from registered Republicans. That raised some eyebrows, and it turns out there was something shady going on. Harris had hired a local election operative to help him get out the vote, which he did, and then some. This guy allegedly hired people to go pick up absentee ballots from voters, offering to turn them in on their behalf, something you're not allowed to do in North Carolina. People who work for this guy also testified that they'd filled out some ballots themselves. That's election fraud. After a state investigation, the guy allegedly behind it all was charged in the scheme, along with seven other people. In the meantime, the results of that 2018 election were thrown out, and state officials called for a redo. The Republican candidate caught up in the mess, Harris, bowed out of the race and was replaced by a guy named Dan Bishop. He's a state senator known for sponsoring North Carolina's infamous bathroom bill, The one that said that transgender people had to use public bathrooms that matched their assigned sex at birth. The one North Carolina later partially repealed after huge protests. And Bishop is facing off against the same Democratic candidate who ran against Harris last year. His name is Dan McCready. He's a Marine Corps veteran and considered a party centrist. This district is usually pretty red. There hasn't been a Democrat in this seat since the 60s. But recent polls heading into tonight's election show that this race is basically tied. The campaigns and outside groups have spent millions of dollars in this one congressional seat, and both campaigns have called in the big guns. Here's President Trump, who campaigned in the district last night, which he won by about 12 points in 2016. The Democrat Party has never been farther outside of the mainstream. Meanwhile, the Democratic candidate is getting all kinds of support from big names in the Democratic Party, including 2020 presidential candidates Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and Pete Buttigieg. It's not like the outcome of tonight's election will have some huge effect on the makeup of Congress. Democrats have a pretty solid majority in the House. And actually, there's a whole other special congressional election going on tonight in North Carolina's 3rd District to replace the seat left by the late Republican Congressman Walter Jones. But with no other major congressional races happening anytime soon, tonight's a rare opportunity for both parties to see how they're faring among voters and which party is gaining more on-the-ground support ahead of 2020. Apple is hoping to convince you that it's time for an upgrade. Today, the company held a very flashy event in Cupertino, California, and announced a new streaming service to rival Netflix, as well as a new gaming service. They also introduced three new iPhone 11s that Apple says will be water-resistant, have longer battery lives, and a portrait mode designed to work on your pet. One of the big questions ahead of today's event was if Apple would change the price of its iPhone. That's because of something happening in December. That's when the US is expected to issue new tariffs against things made in China. And those new tariffs could hit a bunch of electronics, including iPhones. Importers are usually the ones who pay for those tariffs. Though if tariffs get too high, sometimes the extra costs get passed on to consumers. Before today's event, analysts said that Apple would probably pick up the costs from consumers. And when Apple execs took to the stage today to present their new iPhones, that looked to be the case. Prices for the new iPhones were about the same as last year's models. The cheapest is 700 bucks, down $50 from last year, while the most expensive is a whopping $1,450. It's called the iPhone 11 Pro Max. If you wanna learn more about the trade war with China, we've got a whole explainer on how it's affecting your wallet at theskim.com slash money. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.